Now we're actually going to be reading the whole chapter, but I'm just going to read one verse for you here and then we'll get into it. Matthew chapter 24. Jesus left the temple in verse 1 and was walking away when his disciples came up to, to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. I tell you the truth. Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. Father, I pray that you would minister your word, your gospel. Let your heart be transmitted here tonight, the heart that beats for your people, for your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, let he that has an ear, let him hear. In your precious name, amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Stay with your Bibles open, and let's read this chapter. If they have it on the screen, we'll be able to put it up. But if you have it along with somebody there with you, I want you to read this with me. And we're going to read the whole verse here. Verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. And then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now. And never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is, out of the desert, do not go out. 
or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Verse 30. At that time, the, son, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and as its leaves come, leaves come out, you know that the summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Verse 36. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son of Man, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day of Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field and one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore... Keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because a son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is faithful and wise servant? whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household, to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth in verse 47. He will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a, on a day when he does not expect him and an, uh, at an hour he is not aware of. Verse 51, he will cut him into pieces and assign for him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. As you read these scriptures... These are something that really bring a lot of things to light. As I begin to take a study of what was going on and taking place here, and I'm going to break it down to you just a little bit. But I want to just kind of share with you really briefly about the life and the culture of where we live in is that 
We get scared of just about anything, but we don't get scared of the right thing. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We will get scared at the sound of a thief, but we don't actually get scared of the thief. We will get scared at the thought of losing something, but when we actually lose it, we don't actually do anything. It's just the thought of it, the sound of it. And actually what you and I must realize, we live in a culture that we get scared of anything that sounds like it's scary. We get scared at the first sign of anything that seems like, oh my gosh, is this really the end of, is this the apocalypse? Did you see what the movie said? Did you see what they said on the news? We will get scared of what the news says or what a movie says, but when it comes to the scripture where it's really scary, I'm not getting scared of that. See, this is the substance, this is the substantial truth of what really you should be scared of. This is what you should fear. What the scriptures say, not what the news says, not what a movie says, not what the media says, but what the scriptures say. Now, when it comes to the Mayan calendar, let me just kind of blatantly uh, say this to you. No man knows a day. No man knows the hour. I don't care what Mayan, what Aztec, what uh, Indian, African, American, it doesn't matter what culture. No man knows. So as far as that goes, is it going to be? I don't know. Probably, maybe, you know what would be crazy? Just to play a joke. What if Jesus just said, you know what? I'm going to come back on the 21st. Just to mess with them. I don't know. I can't tell you. But one thing I can tell you is that finite minds trying to figure out an infinite God, you'll mess yourself up. You will mess yourself up. Trying to always figure out, is this really true? Is this really going to happen? My friend, it's said here in the scriptures, and it's right here, that the signs, they are around you. You're looking right at them. It's just the same way, just like thunder is when you're in your bed and you hear the thunder. You're not necessarily scared of the thunder. You're scared of the lightning. Because what the lightning can do. Thunder just shakes you, but lightning, it can affect you. See, my friend, just like a sermon is that comes behind a pulpit, this is just thunder given to you. And hopefully you will take heed of the signs. When you hear messages and you see things, these are signs that are all around you. They show you that the kingdom of God is at hand, that the kingdom of God is near. See, the gospel just shows just like that premonition of a day is just like the thunder. And if we cannot wake up from our sins, then the judgment will come upon us just like lightning to show the utter, utter destruction. See, these warnings that come about us, this thunder that first breaks the clouds and makes way for the lightning, it invades who we are. It's the same way that when we hear and see these signs, it shows, you, it shows us that the last days are at hand. See, this is something that you and I must be able to understand and see that these signs are all around us. Here in this portion of Scripture, Jesus was asked, tell us, when will these things be? What will the sign be of your coming at the end of the age? And then Jesus gives them a few signs. And I want to give you a few signs here from this portion of Scripture that Jesus makes very clear. These are going to be the signs of the time. If you're driving down the street and you see a red 
light. And if you do not stop, you are headed for destruction, whether you like it or not. Something can happen. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But those signs are there and they point you in the direction. When you see and you hear all these things, these, my friend, are signs of the time. And if you're not very careful, you can be going along your way just thinking, oh, it's not a big deal. I'm, look at, nothing happened to me. No, my friend, the signs, they are all around you. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 5, it says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will mislead many. In verse 11, it says, And many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. See, in the last days, and even in these last few years, many have claimed to be the Messiah. Have you not watched the news? I was watching even the other day, somebody who there in, in, in Florida, he calls himself the Christ, the reincarnate. Then I saw another man in Australia called himself the reincarnation of Christ. Then another prophet said that Jesus, he was just born. I saw it. I'm telling you. And, and it seems a little bit strange to us because we would think, man, these people need to be in mental, mental institutions. But I want to tell you something. These are signs. These are signs. The Bible says it. The Bible makes it very clear that many will arise and they will lead away. Even in the past few decades, many people have come and they have led people away even all the way unto their death. See, these false prophets are a prelude to the ultimate false Christ, which is the Antichrist. See, many New Age groups and even many, even working for as you look what comes together within this new world order or United Nations, they are actually in the United Nations waiting anxiously for this Antichrist, preparing the way for the acceptance and the head of the hierarchy of what many will, will come in and what we will see usher in world peace. Now, as I begin to study and take a look at these things, I was reading the book of Revelations. And I was looking at this, and man, I want to tell you something. When you read the book of Revelations, you better be ready, and you better be prayed up. The seven bowls, the seven trumpets, the signs, the different things that are coming. And I didn't want to get too much into that, but I wanted to really share with you and show you these are the signs that are coming. And if you're not careful, you're just going to think of it just like it's just a movie. Not a big deal. I could turn it off, and I'll go and do something else. No, my friend, these are signs. Many will be led away. In verse 6 of Matthew chapter 24, he says, and you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. But then it says, see that you are not frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. There was a movie that came out many years ago, and the movie was all about a man making up a false war. Now, I want to tell you something. In the technology of today, they can make any person looked at like they're in any place at any time and make you believe it. Why? Because our technology is progressing. Our technology is growing. So all they have to do is just pretty much make it all these conspiracies, right? It's very easy to get caught up. Oh, no, that's not true. I saw it on a video. Oh, that's not true. That's not what this person said. And it's funny is because we're always taking this person's word over this person's word and this person's word over that person's word, but we're never actually taking the word. We'll take every other person's word, but the actual word. See, my friend, what you need to know is that right now, 
There's going to be wars and there's going to be rumors of wars. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever visited Libya as of lately, but they're talking about wars. Now, it's real easy. Why? Because all they got to do is play into the fears. Play into the fears. Get you scared. Scared of what could be. But see, the Bible says these things must happen. But don't be scared. Tell your neighbor, don't be scared. When it comes to wars and things that are happening, these are things that we do not want. But my friend, you need to know they're going to happen. As you study the uh, history books, you will see that more people have been killed in warfare in this century more than in any other time in history. Even as death toll rises in the Middle East, more and more countries work fervently to develop devastating weapons of mass destruction in order to kill more and more people. Adding to that expanding threat of terrorism and even unpredictable dictators and the potential for outbreak of wars exist in many nations, kingdoms, and places across the globe. These things are not just things that we see on television. My, my friend, these things have always been told even in the scriptures. My friend, if you're looking at the news more than you're looking at the good news, then I know why you're scared. I can understand why. Watching CNN, that thing will get you depressed. CNN gets you depressed. When you're watching these Fox News, this thing will get you depressed. They get you depressed with all these, look at what is happening. The death toll is rising. People are getting killed left and right. And you're wondering, man, how come I'm living in fear? Listen, my friend, you need to know something. These things are going to happen. These are the signs of the times. Another thing that the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 7. For a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. Christian farmers have been driven out of Zimbabwe, increasing in numbers, and foreigners move into, into replace life-sustaining crops with the poppies that now supply 25% of the world's drugs. Famines begin to spread across the African continent. The undernourished are not limited just to Africa. A large portion, look at this, of the world's 5 billion suffer from a shortage of food. Matthew chapter 24, verse 7, talks about the earthquakes. The numbers and the intensities of earthquakes this century is at a level higher than any other time in history. A number that is very staggering that as I begin to look up shows the events that have occurred around the world. Just in 2012 alone, there were over 16 earthquakes, 7.0 or higher. On July 3rd in New Zealand, a 7.0 earthquake. On April 12th in Mexico, a 7.0 earthquake. February 2nd in Vanuatu, a 7.1. And March 25th in Chile, a 7.1. January 11th in Indonesia, 7.2. December 7th, just this past month, 7.3 in Japan. September 30th. In Colombia, a 7.3. November 7th, in Guatemala and in Mexico, 7.4. March 20th, in Oaxaca, Mexico, 7.4. 
September 5th, Costa Rica, 7.6. August 14th in Russia, 7.7. October 28th in Canada, a 7.8. April 11th, twice in Indonesia, an 8.2 and an 8.6 earthquake. Just in 2012 alone, and that's it. I'm not going to give you anything else. I'm just giving you 2012. Was one of the most damaging thunderstorms in June and most complexes in, in recent history. The storm caused, caused widespread damage across an 800-mile track. It was called the derecho, also left millions without power during June and July in this heat wave. In May, eight countries in West Africa suffered from a devastating lack of rainfall. The absence of crops and an insect plague have created painfully high food prices, leaving more than 18 million people to face hunger across Western Africa alone. To put the numbers in this situation, Chad and also uh, Marachania have recorded a loss in crops yielded over 50% more when compared to the year's previous records. Global flooding in July. At least 37 people were killed by floodwaters in and around the city of Beijing, China. In the rural and suburban areas outside Beijing, many more people died in, in as a result of flooding, which was said to be the region's worst in over 60 years. We hear about it here in Oklahoma. A ser series of wildfires burned 52,000 acres, destroying at least 121 homes and businesses. A month later, wildfires broke out from lightning strikes on the eastern side of the Cascade Range, primarily in Okanagan, the Okanagan Western National Forest. These fires burned, look at this, at least 157,000 acres during September and October in Washington State. From early June through July, at least 200,000 acres of Colorado were swept by wildfire. The record drought and heat have created the ideal conditions for wildfire, which sparked both lightning and by human activities. Now, for those of you that say these are just kind of natural disasters, you need to know this. Natural disasters determine your natural way of living. They affect your food. They affect your drinking. They affect your lifestyle. Now, for those of us that are even here in California, we say we look at these and we kind of look at them on television and say they really do not affect me. I want you to know something. They affect you Big time. In 2012, right here in the Pacific typhoon season, even though it's not over, they have delivered 34 different weather systems from early summer through the late fall. The total damage of 34 systems has been estimated at $4.42 billion in 2012. 506 lives were lost in the Pacific storms due to flooding and building collapsing and high winds. From the Philippines to Japan and Russia, some of this year's worst storms generated in excess of 125 miles an hour and produced 
widespread flooding. Here in the United States, the Atlantic hurricane season, just this far, seen a total of 19 tropical storms, 10 hurricanes, and one major hurricane. The season officially began on June the 1st and concluded at the end of November. Hurricanes Ernesto, Isaac, and Sandy were responsible for most of the damage and the loss of life during the storm season. So far, all of the storms combined have caused more than $65 billion in damage restoration. Over 320 lives were lost due to these storms. This is just 2012. That's all I'm giving you, just 2012. And there was a whole lot more, but I said, you know, I'm just going to give a few. These things that are coming, earthquakes, famines, pesticides, things that are happening. I mean, as I really begin to study and begin to look at many of these things that were happening, and we think, it doesn't affect me. There's no way it can affect me. I want you to know something. It is going to affect you more than you think. See, right now the obvious, obvious effects are what we look at are the things that affect us every day, like gas prices. And we think we're just going to go ahead and blame someone. I'm going to blame the Middle East. I'm going to blame our uh, people in office. That's who I'm going to blame. I want you to know something. These things are going to happen and they're supposed to happen. So for those of you that are looking, man, i got to blame somebody. Do not live your life on a blame game. Do not live your life on a blame game. Because if you do that, you will always be searching for an answer. You'll always be looking for something. But my friend, I'm here to tell you, the answers are right here in Scripture. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 8, it says, But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver to you a tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. Christians today are under attack throughout the world. Even today, as you look at in our nation, many things that have been happening and many things that have been taking place. Even today, preachers, when we get behind a pulpit, if we say anything that begins to disagree with anybody's policy, it becomes a hate crime. And it becomes a hate speech. In the United States, we still have a little bit of freedom to worship God without suffering. But I want you to know something. All over the world, there is hatred and discrimination that is taking place that we may not see on the news. In countries such as China, Sudan, Africa, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, Russia, and many Muslim nations, Christians are suffering much more greater persecution today than has been any other time for their faith. I was hearing and watching many different things when it came to the tribulations. And it's been coming to a lot of Christians today being persecuted. I want you to know something. It's creeping in little by little. Little by little. In many countries today that you go to, I want to tell you something. You cannot say the name of Jesus. We can come here and we can say Jesus. We can lift our hands and it's great and hallelujah, praise the Lord. But I want you to know something. I experienced it just simple, really easy. And I was only there for two weeks in the country of Indonesia. I didn't think it was, you know, that I had the American way of thinking. But my American way of thinking almost put me in jail and almost got me killed. 
because I passed out a flyer. But there in Indonesia, you can't pass out flyers and go around telling people about Jesus. They'll kill you. They came up to me with shotguns. And they said, what are you doing in Bahasa? I didn't understand what they were saying. But they came up and said, what are you doing? And I, you know, to me, I'm just, man, I'm just passing out flyers. Tell people about Jesus. You can't tell people about Jesus. Come to find out that I, later on, I found out that they were actually taking Christians and burning them alive. This was years ago, many years ago. They were taking Christians and putting them, and they were killing them, and they were putting them on video showing people that this is what we're going to do to Christians. Listen, my friend, tribulations are going to come. See, and right now we can come and wish we can worship God. We can talk about Jesus. We can pass out flyers. But I want you to know something. There is coming a day when you can't say the name of Jesus. Are you ready to not just die for your faith? More so, are you ready to live for your faith? These things are coming. See, during the tribulation, this suffering is going to be worldwide. And it's going to continue even to the point of martyrdom. These signs that we look at, they're going to increase in intensity and in severity as the tribulation approaches. Much like the birth pains and contractions of a pregnant woman worsen as the delivery time approaches. Little by little by little by little. I was listening to a lawyer, a Christian lawyer, the other day on radio. And as he was talking, he was telling the church, wake up. This is what he was saying, telling the church, wake up, because if we do not wake up, little by little, our freedom will no longer be free. Little by little. And he was sharing these things, and as he was sharing these things, he was kind of preparing the way of what was happening and what's taking place, not in other countries, in America. Things that were taking place in America. Now, I want you to know something. Do not get caught up with conspiracies. Don't do that. It will mess up your life. But one thing that you need to know is that one day, and it might happen within our generation, within your generation, it might happen. Where one day, when you speak the name of Jesus, that they're going to throw you in jail. We're not that far off from it. We are not that far off from it. Now, probably some of you say, well, that's not the case. That can't be happening. Somebody told me this, and it really made me think, and I want to share this with you. He told me, do you remember many years ago when all of a sudden this new thing started happening with yoga and people started saying, this is the new wave. I said, yeah, I do remember that. I said, do you remember when everybody started saying, well, this is the new thing. I'm going to start eating right, being healthy. And I said, yeah, I do remember that. And kind of you know, around the, the 90s era, era, like, oh, yeah. They started saying, okay, now I want you to start thinking about all the new Eastern philosophies that were little by little starting to come in and starting to come in, and you're starting to see things. He said, do you see the signs? I said, a little bit here and there. And he started showing me, he started breaking down to me these little things and the Eastern ways of thinking that are coming in. In other words, there's no more Western civilization, the cowboy. That's what they call us. They call us the cowboy. The Western, but there's no longer of that happening anymore. Why? Because we're adopting other cultures. We're adopting other philosophies. And it's very easy to all of a sudden not look at the scriptures and say, well, this is just the way that I live. This is the way that it is now. But I want you to know something. 
If you are living by the faith of Jesus Christ and according to the word of God, then listen, my friend, when you speak the name of Jesus, people are going to get mad. People are going to get a little upset. You know what they're actually going to call you? They're going to call you, man, you're a closed-minded freak. You know what? You're one of them Jesus freaks. Oh, you're, you're one of those people that you, you, you don't, you're not open to what everyone else is open to. Look at, look at, everyone else is okay with it. How come you're not? Everyone else is fine. How come you're not? Everybody's doing it. Everybody's okay with it. I shared this the other day about how when I was in another city, I seen a billboard. And there was a billboard that said, you only live once, have an affair. I said, wow, look at this. Now, for those of you that are probably, I know it's shocked, it shocked me. Wow. Did you know that in European cultures and actually even in the Philippine cultures, it's okay to have a mistress. It's okay to have a person that you can officially have an affair with and still be okay in your marriage. See, now some of you right now are like, oh, that's crazy. That's never. But see, what is happening is little by little, if you diminish the faith of our culture and our country, then it's going to be very, very easy to just bring in someone else's. And then if you keep that, we're going to persecute you. What's wrong with you? You're not being like everyone else in the world. Everyone else is doing it. But you know one thing that really got me, that really took to me as I look at this scripture? Look with me in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. This is the, real, this is the hope that you need to have. Look at this. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all the nations. And then the end shall come. This is what you need to know, church. Technology today is allowing the gospel to be preached at a quicker pace more than ever. More than ever. Technology today is allowing those that would never have heard the gospel in any parts of the country, it's going all over the world. And the Bible says that the gospel will be preached all over the world. People are going to go all over the world and preach the gospel. Matter of fact, maybe some of you might go all over the world. Maybe some of you might go all over the world. See, this is something that is going to be fulfilled in prophecy because this is what the Bible says. The Bible is being translated into many languages all over the Internet, and it's going all over the world. People all over the world are hearing the message of Christ through missionaries, through preachers, through teachers, through those who are giving the gospel with a pure heart and a mission mind. They're allowing what God is doing within our hearts, within our minds, and taking this gospel all over the world. This gospel is being preached all over the world. Now, for those of you that are wondering, man, how do I know if it's the end times? Then, my friend, look at the signs. They're all around you. Just like thunder comes right before the lightning, just like the birth pains comes right before a baby. My friend, look at the signs. They're happening. They're coming all over. And this is not something that I, I pray that, listen, that we as Christians should take lightly. Don't take it lightly. 
Some of you right now, you're thinking, well, as long as I got a job and my family's okay, then I'm okay. Listen, my friend, the end is coming. And if you think that you can take all your goods to that place, then my friend, <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to take place. You think that, man, oh, as long as I get everything and as I attain everything, then, man, I'm going to be a good person. Now, for those of you that are in disbelieving of even the truth, maybe from the moment I even said open up the Bible, you might have said, well, I don't even believe the Bible, so I'm not going to believe a word that this man says after that. Then, okay, I want to tell you this. And I had this conversation the other day with someone, and I'll tell it with you too. And as we were having this conversation, and he said, I don't believe there is a God. I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe anything that you say and pertaining towards the scripture. I said, okay, that's fine. I understand your stance. That's your belief. But I will say this. According to your belief, if what you say is true, that there is no God, there's no Jesus, he never came, there's no son of man, he didn't die for my sins, he didn't rise again, I'm not going to see him again. If what you're saying is true, and there's no God, and I'm living my life, what I believe is just going to church, being a good person, helping people out, praying for people, lifting their spirits, encouraging them. According to your belief, I'm going to die a good person. That's your belief. That's how I'm going to die. Die a good person, die a good husband, good father, as best as I can. And you're going to do the same. But on the flip side, if I'm right according to my belief, and you die according to your belief, you die like that, then my friend, I want you to know something. Heaven is real for me, and hell is going to be real for you. It's a real place. Because according to your belief, the way I'm living, hey, I'm just, I'm a good person. And you can just cheer for me at my funeral. All right, he was a good person. I'm glad I got to meet him. But on my belief, if I'm right, and right now the way that you're living, you're not looking at all the signs around you, and you're just going any which way you want because you don't care. Christ is not real. There's no God. And you don't see the signs in front of you. You don't see the, the, the earthquakes. You don't see the famines. You don't see uh, people dying. You don't see all that stuff. It's just regular life happenings. Then, my friend, you're not just going to be a, a living, according to my belief, just a regular life. You're going to die a horrible death. And your eternity is going to be a horrible one. Listen, for those of you that are here tonight that say, you know what? I hear about all this stuff, but I don't really believe it. Listen, that's fine. That's okay. You could not believe it all you want. But there's one thing that you need to know is real. Heaven is real and hell is real. Whether you like it or not, it is a real place. Now, I want you to know something. Everything that you see around here, these are signs that are showing you that heaven is real and hell is real. That there is a real God and there is a real enemy. And these are real things. And Jesus said, look at these earthquakes. Look at these famines. Look at these false prophets. Look at these false Christ. Look at these uh, things that are, that are happening all around. Can't you see it? These are real signs. And if these signs are real, then, my friend, your destination is real. The place that you're going to is a real place. 
See, many of you here tonight, you might be living a life that just says, you know what, I'm an okay person. I'm not bad. I don't really cuss that much. I don't really drink, and when I do, it's every so often. I'm a good person. I am okay. But I want you to know something. You need to know this. One thing I love about this ministry is that we are trying our best to fulfill this scripture. We're sending people all over the world. We're getting the gospel out there as much as we can. And we are sending people out there. We're sending them to Indonesia where people don't want to go. We're sending them to Russia where people don't want to go, to Germany, to Scotland, to Ireland, to Spain, to Africa, to the remote parts of Africa where people don't want to go. And I'm telling you something, prophecy is getting fulfilled. It is happening. So I want you to know something here tonight for those of you that are kind of on the fringes that are saying, I'm just living a good life. Listen, my friend, a good life is not going to get you into the eternal life. Just living that good life. Or let me rephrase that. It's going to get you into an eternal life, but I don't know if it's going to get you into the eternal heavenly life. I don't know. So here tonight, I want to bring to you and ask you this question. If you were to die tonight, forget the Mayan calendar. If you were to die tonight, could you honestly say that I'm going to stand before this holy, mighty God. Everything that what they've ever said. And I'm going to be able to stand before him. And I'm going to be able to look at him. And he's going to ask me. Did you live the life that I called you to live? And I'm going to be able to stand before him and say, yes, I did. Are you going to be able to hear those words? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Or are you going to hear the other words that we, heard, we read at the end of the scripture? And we've heard about it many times over. And the funny thing about it is that here in this scripture, and this is where I close. He says, I'm going to cut you into pieces and send you where the hypocrites are. Sinners know they're in sin. People that come to church deny their sin. I'm okay. I'm a good person. I go to church. I'm all right. I'm fine. What's wrong with me? I mean, I'm not perfect. But I mean, hey, I'm okay. I'm all right. As you read the scriptures there in Revelations, the Bible says that there's going to be an opening. And as there's an opening, where there's a fire, it, start, it starts to list all the people that are going to go there into that fire. It says there's going to be the sexually immoral, the whoremongers, the hypocrites. But the first ones that go to hell, cowards. The people that didn't want to stand up for what they believed in. The ones that said, oh, yeah, I went to church, but I, I, I mean, I didn't go to church. I didn't like, I'm not a church person. You know, that's like too much for me. That's asking too much commitment. I just want to live a regular life. My father used to always say, we're on this earth only a fraction of forever. So if you think your regular life is your eternal life, my friend, you've got one, another thing coming. We're on this earth just a fraction, a fraction of forever. 
if this room was eternity and I, I gave to you the portion of your life in this room, this is it. Here's the portion of your life that you're going to spend. And this whole room is eternity. This is what you get. My friend, I want to ask you that question. If you were to die tonight, and I'm talking to even those of you that are, you're Christians, you're saved, going to heaven in your mind. I don't want you to go to heaven in your mind. I want you to go to heaven with your soul. That's the main thing. If you were to die tonight and you were to stand before a holy God and he would ask you the question, did you live the life that I called you to live? Did you really do it? Can I allow you to come into my heaven, into my gates? Can I allow you to live with me eternally? Can you stand before him honestly and say, you know what? Yes, God, I can do that. Yes, God, that was me. I did my best for you. Or is it going to be, yeah, I did my best, but I can't, well, I don't, I don't know. I think it was, I don't, man, I don't know. See, I don't want you to stand before God and not know. I want you to stand before God and do your best to say, you know what? God, I know without a shadow of a doubt. I lived in fear of you and not in fear of the news. I lived in fear of a mighty God and not in fear of whether I had stuff in front of me and I attained everything. God, I don't want to be a hypocrite. God, I want to be somebody that stands before you and say, I stood my faith. I stood my ground. Now, for those of you that are wondering, well, is it the end of the world? Listen, I don't know if it's the end of the world tomorrow. I don't know if it's the end of the world the next day or this, the, before this year ends. I don't know. But I want to ask you the question. There is an appointed time to, live, to be born. There is an appointed time to die. With every head bowed and every eye closed. These are the signs, the signs that are all around. These signs that are here, they, they come and they show us. And some of you, you've been seeing the signs, but you've just been like, no, I want to live my life. You see the signs will say, no, I want to go down that street anyways. I know it says don't enter, but I think I can do it. Some of you have been seeing the signs and that God's been speaking to you saying, you need to stop. It's, no, I can do it. I'm okay. I'm not really that bad. Listen, my friend. If you cannot come into a Holy Ghost hospital and admit that you are sick, then the doctor can't help you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and if you say, you know what, I have a little bit in here that I need help with. I need some help. I need some help to my soul. I'm not perfect. And I don't know if I were to die tonight, if I would be standing before that holy, mighty God. That I could honestly say that I would be able to walk into those pearly gates. But I don't want to leave here without knowing that. 
I don't want to ride on my husband's coattails. I don't want to ride on my wife's coattails. I don't want to ride on my mother's or father's faith. It's my faith, and I want to work it out. I'm seeing the signs. Whether you're 16 years old or 60 years old, you have the ability to see the signs. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, you know what? I'm not a Christian, and I want to be a Christian. Or maybe some of you, you've wandered from the faith. As Paul told Timothy, shipwrecked faith. You've wandered. You've, it's crashed at one time. You haven't really worked it. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, and if you say, you know what, I need my faith to be stronger, and it's going to be stronger here tonight. That preacher didn't yell at me. The preacher didn't come up here yelling and screaming. He just gave the word. He gave the scripture, and I need to make a response to that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you here, and you say, you know what, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a man or a woman, a wife or a husband that can honestly say, I'm saved. I don't want to stand before God and hear those words depart from me. I, I don't want that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that is you, and you say, you know what, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, and after I accept Him, I want to live for Him. I just don't want to accept him. I want to live for him. And maybe some of you here tonight, you haven't been living for him. You've been seeing the signs and you haven't been living for him. You've been living for yourself. You've been living. You see all the signs, but you haven't been living for him. You've been living for yourself. You've been living for money. You've been living for your family. You've been living just to get by. And God's saying, no more just getting by. I don't want you just to get by. You're on this earth just a fraction of forever. I don't want you to live just for that fraction. I want you to live for eternity, and I want you to live with me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that is you here tonight, and you say, you know what, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I might have did it before, but now nah, this is for reals. This is for reals. This is my time. This is my hour. With every head bowed and every eye closed, well, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, come on, two, three. Just raise your hand from all over this place. Come on, raise it real high if that's you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hand down. You can put your hand down. Anybody else, raise your hand real high. You want to accept Jesus Christ. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else, if you haven't raised your hand, quickly, God bless you. You can put your hand down. God bless you. Anybody else, raise your hand. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else that you say, you know what, I don't want to live by anybody else's calendar. I want to live by God's calendar for my life. God bless you. You can put your hand down. This is a personal decision. It's a personal decision right here, right now that you need to make. That you are going to stand before a holy and mighty God, my friend. My friend, heaven is real, but so is hell. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you have not made that decision and you want to make it right now, Listen, I don't care if you've been attending this church for 20 years or this is your first time here. If you say, you know what, I want to know that my life is being lived for God, then quickly raise your hand right now and then quickly put it down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else, put your hand down. Go ahead and put your hand down. Anybody else, if you haven't raised your hand, quickly lift up your hand and then quickly put it down.